What's up, everyone? I'm Joe Pompliano, and this is The Joe Pomp Show. 23-year-old Kenyan long-distance runner Kelvin Kipton set a new men's world record marathon time of just over two hours this past Sunday at the Chicago Marathon. This is probably one of the craziest and most impressive athletic accomplishments that we've ever seen in history. But when I tweeted it out, many people were quick to point out the advantage that modern-day running shoes give to professional runners. So on today's podcast, I'm going to break down Kipton's historic moment his fast rise to the top of marathon running, and how much these super shoes really matter to the abilities of today's top runners. Let's get right into it. All right, so many of you may not have even heard of Kelvin Kipton before this past weekend, but he's a Kenyan long-distance runner, he doesn't have a coach, and he has only been running marathons for the last 10 months. But still, He's the number two ranked men's marathon runner in the world, and the 23-year-old shocked the world this past weekend when he crossed the finish line at the Chicago Marathon, just his third marathon ever, with a time of two hours and 35 seconds. Now, not only was this a new men's world record marathon time, but Kelvin Kipton ran at an average pace of four minutes and 36 seconds per mile for 26.2 miles. Again, an average pace of four minutes and 36 seconds per mile for the entire marathon. And he shattered Olympic Chogi's record by 34 seconds. So for context, the fastest men's marathon paces of all time, there's three of them. Kelvin Kipton obviously just set the new record at Chicago in 2023 with two hours and 35 seconds. The previous record was held by Kipchoge at two hours, one minute and nine seconds in Berlin in 2022. And the women aren't far behind either. Tigis Afesa from Ethiopia holds the women's record at two hours, 11 minutes and 53 seconds, also set it in Berlin. And then Sifan Hassan is number two for the women from the Netherlands, two hours and 13 minutes and 44 seconds, set at Chicago this year also. For context, the average men's marathon time, we're talking about everyone who runs marathons today, the average time is four hours and 21 minutes. So he beat that time by two hours and 21 minutes, less than half of the normal average time for a men's marathon. And running a two-hour and 35-second marathon would be like you or me going to the gym, turning on the treadmill up to the highest possible speed, and running like that for two straight hours without taking a break. I don't know if any of you guys have ever done sprints on a treadmill at the gym or anything like that. It is literally impossible. I don't understand how this feat is accomplished, and it sounds impossible, right? Well, that level of difficulty is precisely why many people are now trying to discredit Kelvin Kimpton's new men's world record marathon time. Kimpton's shoes, for instance, have become a topic of conversation. The Nike Alpha Fly 3 prototype sneakers won't be available to consumers for several more months, and they contain the same rigid carbon fiber plate that was once banned by World Athletics. But is this technological doping, or is it just part of a sport's natural evolution? Let's get into it. So many academic papers have been written on the increased performance of marathon runners over the last decade. All of this stuff is online, but it's super confusing. So I'm going to try to break it down for you guys in the simplest sense that I can today. The easiest way to explain the situation is that there's this new super shoe technology that emerged in 2016, and it has vastly improved marathon times across the board for both men and women. It started in 2016 when Nike released a shoe, a $250 shoe called the Nike Vaporfly 4% running shoe. But virtually all of the super shoes that have come onto the market since contain two specific elements. Number one, these shoes have a very thick sole made with super light, energy-returning foam. 
So it's a, it's a very thick foam at the bottom of the shoe. It almost looks like a platform shoe of some sorts. And number two, these shoes have rigid plates, often made of carbon fiber, that create a spring-like effect for runners. So again, super shoes, the easiest way to think about them is that they have a massive bottom, traditionally you know, several times bigger than you would see on a normal running shoe, that is made of foam that returns energy back to the runner. It has a carbon fiber plate, in most cases, inside of it that creates a spring-like effect for runners, helping them be bouncier as they step, right? It propels you forward. Now, these shoes have helped tremendously with times over the last several years. For those of you that don't know, Elib Kachogi was the one who brought these shoes onto the scene, and he obliterated the men's marathon world record time by more than one minute in 2018 with a time of two hours, one minute, and 39 seconds in Berlin. Again, that was the world record time up until it was more recently broken. And Elib Kachogi even became the first person in history, literally the first person ever, to finish a marathon in less than two hours when he completed the Ineos one hour and 59 minute challenge in Vienna in 2019. However, for those of you that don't know, Kipchoge's sub-two-hour marathon time didn't actually count. It officially didn't count because he used a rotating cast of pacemakers. He had seven people around him at all times in this B formation. Essentially, what they were there to do is shield him from the wind. And he also used a car. There was an Audi car in front of him that went you know, 10, 15 feet in front of him at all times and had a laser pointed down at the ground, showing him the exact spot he needed to be to finish this marathon in less than two hours. So those are a few different things that obviously aren't allowed under the rules, and it stopped it from being included as an official world record, although he did run a marathon in less than two hours. But Elit Kachogi isn't the only one to benefit from super shoes either. All of Nike's competitors, I'm talking about Adidas, Brooks, New Balance, Hoka, Asics, literally all of them now sell super shoes of some type. More than half of all sub-three-hour marathons, every single sub-three-hour marathon that's run, more than half of them are now completed by runners using some brand of super shoes. And Tix Asafina from Ethiopia recently shattered the women's world marathon record by more than two minutes at the 2023 Berlin Marathon with a time of two hours, 11 minutes, and 53 seconds while she was wearing a pair of Adi Zero Adios Pro Evo 1 shoes. Now, the reason why that was so important was because this was the first time that a company other than Nike had someone at the forefront of this technology. These Adidas shoes weigh just 138 grams, which is 60% of the weight that Adidas' top running shoe before that had. But they also cost $500, and they're designed just to be worn one time. Literally, you're supposed to wear them one time, and then you're not supposed to use them again. So $500 shoes that you wear for one time, obviously, these are for the top 1% of 1% runners in the world today. And it's not like this is all some sort of superstition by runners. The data backs this stuff up. For example, there was a 2017 Nike study that found that running economy, running economy is essentially the amount of oxygen needed to run a specific distance. They found that running economy increased by 4%, that's why the shoe was called 4%, when examining 18 runners using their new super shoes. On top of that, a 2019 New York Times study found that runners wearing Nike super shoes ran 4% to 5% faster than runners who wore average running shoes and 2% to 3% faster than runners who wore the next fastest possible shoe. So any other shoe other than a super shoe, you're looking at a performance decline or decrease relative to the super shoes on the market today. A 2022 independent study from Dustin Jovert and Jeff Burns also found that Nike Vaporfly shoes boosted athletes' running economy by 2.7% when running a six-minute 
and two mile pace, essentially high level runners, we're even seeing a huge increase at 2.7%. And last but not least, perhaps the most convincing evidence is that each of the top 10 all-time marathon records kept by World Athletics, the governing body, have happened between 2018 and 2023 during the super shoe craze. But just because marathon times are improving doesn't mean the shoes are illegal. In fact, World Athletics, again, that's the governing body for track and field essentially, released athletic shoe regulations in December 2021. There was a lot of debate around this, whether these shoes should be legal, and they were actually banned for a period of time by the regulators. But in 2021, December of 2021, World Athletics released new rules. They called it athletic shoe regulations. These regulations had a bunch of different stuff in them, but essentially what they did is they included stipulations for approving shoes, how shoes would get approved by the regulatory body. And those regulations were things like the shoes cannot have soles thicker than 40 millimeters. The shoes have, can have no more than one rigid structure, aka one carbon fiber plate. The shoes must be available for purchase by consumers for at least one month prior to being used in competition, although there is a couple of caveats to that rule where you can get exemptions for developmental use prior to letting consumers buy it too. But this essentially grandfathered in Nike's line of super shoes, and it opened the door for all of the other competitors to start creating the shoes themselves too. So while many people claim runners are receiving an unfair advantage, this is really just par for the course, I would argue. None of these shoes that have been used to break records have been deemed illegal. Literally not any of them. Every single shoe that has been used has been allowed and approved by World Athletics. And furthermore, training and technology have increased human performance across every sport you can possibly imagine for decades. That's why, in my opinion, it's always so difficult and hard to compare different eras. Like if you talk about Mickey Mantle versus Mike Trout, essentially impossible to compare those two different eras. Same with Larry Bird versus LeBron James or Mark Spitz versus Michael Phelps. It's so hard to compare these different eras because training methods have improved and recovery techniques have gotten more advanced. Now, my argument would be that this is ultimately good for sports as it allows all athletes to make progress and it creates a new performance standard for each generation to build upon. Super Shoes started as a cutting edge technology that was only available to 1% of the world's best runners. But now the shoes are being made by several different companies, and virtually anyone can get them, as long as you have $200 or more to spare. But more importantly, this technological progress has continued to push the pace of innovation. A sub-two-hour marathon was once believed to be impossible by many people. But with 23-year-old Kelvin Kipton hitting a two-hour and 35-second pace during his third marathon ever, it feels increasingly likely that the Kenyan will eventually break that mark. That's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this breakdown. If you did enjoy it, please do me a favor and just share it with one, two, or three of your friends. Send it to them on social media, shoot them a text, whatever it is. Just help me help you by making this podcast bigger. Last but not least, I hope everyone has an amazing weekend. We got the NFL in full swing. College football is on. The NHL is back. MLB playoffs. We got NBA preseason. All of this stuff is on TV, and it's one of the main reasons why I think fall is the best season of them all. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk on Monday.